Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I really am the entree musician, and so are you. And so is this wonderful brother we're talking to from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. He is an incredible singer, has amazing range, a great story, wonderful songwriter. This is none other than Thomas Alexander. Thomas, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Jerry? Man, I'm doing absolutely excellent. Now, it's raining here in Ohio, USA. What's the weather looking like up there in Alberta? Well, we're about, uh, Alberta, we're about minus six in Edmonton today. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, not t-shirt, it's not T-shirt and shorts weather yet. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> With respect to uh, starting from the beginning, I don't want to start from the beginning. I actually want to start at the end because we're at the end of uh, 2022 going into a new year. And what are some of the things that you uh, have planned for this coming year at the end of this one? All right. Uh, Well, for the uh, new year coming up, I'm in the process of... uh, course writing as much as I possibly can I've got uh, one to probably about five different things on the go in various stages and uh, I'm excited to you know get them all charted and and hopefully get them into the into the studio as soon as possible mm-hmm. that's excellent so how long have you been in the business that's one thing I don't know about you how long have you been uh, singing as well as you have oh gosh my first band I started in was, uh, I was 19. And I'm uh, 63 right now. Uh-huh. So I've been basically been in it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first band I sang with was, was a rock band. So I got my rock chops down uh, back in the day and uh, grew up in a house that played nothing but uh, beautiful jazz. Yeah. And so when it came time to go out and sing, that's where I had to try and find somebody that uh, played music like we had in the house. And there wasn't anybody, at least nobody locally anyway. Yeah. So I got my start uh, singing rock. Yeah. And then rock. And then we were doing uh, Alberta. Uh, we're, it's in the West. So, of course, it's uh, the majority of the music is either country or rock. So those are the two styles of music that uh, you either learn to sing or you don't work. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I learned to sing country as well and sort of country rock. Mm-hmm. And uh, that helped my career along. Mm-hmm. So uh, when uh, country rock sort of became popular, my band was very popular because that's what we were doing. <clears throat> Sorry, it was country rock. And that's, that's similar to what, uh, what they got going on uh, with the newer country. I see. Yeah, it's not all twang and stuff like that, like it used to be. So Right. That's the kind of stuff that I was doing back in the day. And then I heard Motown, and it just kind of knocked me off my feet. Right. And I couldn't quite figure out uh, how these guys were doing this. You know, and I was trying to sing Motown, and I really had no idea that, uh, like in the Temptations of that, they had like four singers. And a lot of times they would intertwine and so on like this. So I was trying to do it, do what four singers were doing with one voice. Right. And I really had no idea what I was doing, just mm-hmm. that I knew that I couldn't uh, naturally sing up there anyway. Yeah. 
So I knew nothing about what falsetto was either. So like, it looks like we're starting to pixelate again, but uh, with the Motown guys, uh, you know, they had a lot of falsetto and, you know, four part harmony and five part harmony. And right. so, you know, me wow. getting into the business, that's how I kind of cut my teeth. What were you listening to uh, when you were in your rock country years? Who, you know, were these Canadian artists or were they artists from the States? I know Motown, obviously. I know the answer to that. But the rock bands that influenced you, who were they? Yeah. Well, yeah, as far as rock and roll or rock went, uh, of course, it would be the American rock bands and uh, things like some of the British bands. Uh, that you know that I listened to uh, in country it was like the Flying Burrito Brothers <clears throat> and stuff like that. Uh, uh, what's the Almond Brothers and yeah. you know different uh, country groups like that? Mm -hmm. You know, in rock we were pretty well whatever was on the radio at the time is uh, is what we were learning to sing. There was no um, uh, uh, no Metallica or uh, those other bands at the time. Back in the day, it was rock. Uh, one of the groups that I uh, listened to was um, the band. Mm, yeah, <laughs> when yeah. they were backing up a fellow by the name of Ronnie Ronnie Hawkins. There you go. And his was kind of like Rock Billy. Yeah, Rock mm -hmm. Billy. Mm -hmm. So the band became and after and so on. So, yeah, we got uh, I got my eel that feed in the water there as well, and uh, a well-rounded vocalist as far as different musical styles. You know, I don't uh, do screamo. Screamo and uh, can't do screamo, and I and I <clears throat> and I can't rap. <laughs> so you you didn't try, but I also that. did. Uh, uh, no, because I knew that would hurt even more. And then rapping, of course, it's a matter of trying to remember the words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which is and helpful. And then I got to. Um, yeah, well, it it all it is helpful, but you know, uh, in rap, they got so many different words that they're, you know, like a machine gun almost, you know, like you know, spitting, you know, spewing all these lyrics out at the same time and whatnot. Sure. So I never really got into it. Mm -hmm. You know, the music part of it I liked. You know, yeah. the beats and stuff that they had. I did uh, also got into some pop, as well as uh, I did a couple of musicals and things like that. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I you know. I almost got it. Almost became an opera singer many years ago. Exactly. I'm glad I didn't. I didn't know that part of the story. Tell me about that. Well, <clears throat> well, <laughs> well. As a as a rock singer, uh, uh, Moan came up. I was you know untrained, you know, just a street vocalist and stuff like that, trying to do do everything uh, uh, wrong the wrong way in order to try and learn how to do it the right, the right way. way. So in other words, when it hurt, you had to find a way to do it where it, where it didn't hurt. <laughs> and when I had started singing, uh, the bands were learning uh, music by ear. So anytime you would, uh, you know, want to do a song, it was the record key. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether it was a female singer or, or you know, the guys in Motown, yeah. <clears throat> that was record keys. And uh, I was really hurting myself. Like, it was just like somebody took... Uh, sandpaper and would rub my vocal cords raw and i said it's got to be an easier way to do this mm -hmm. and uh, i went out and I, I i talked to a few people about trying to find out what was the easier way for me to do what i needed to do and uh, none of them really knew 
you know, I got some really bad advice and I knew that was wrong because that's exactly what I was doing. You know, scream, keep screaming, screaming a lot. And, <clears throat> and I knew that was wrong because you're going to lose your voice. And then I was introduced to, uh, told to, you know, contact this one lady and her name was uh, St. Jean de Bronskeville. Huh. And she was an elderly, elderly lady and she had a little, little dog. And I phoned up and I said, I'm having a lot of trouble with my voice and I need somebody to help me. And I, I understand that uh, you train vocalists. And she said, well, come and see me. So she said, bring some sheet music. So I brought some sheet music of tunes that I wanted to sing. <clears throat> so I went in and I met her and she sat down with the sheet music and she started, she says, okay, let me hear you sing. So she started playing on the piano and I would sing behind her. And about, oh gosh, halfway through the tune, she just stopped singing and turned around, looked at me and says, I can't help you. <laughs> and here I was like, what? So uh, my heart kind of hit the ground because like I needed some, I needed help and yeah. I didn't know what to do next. And then she, then she said, well, let me revise that. She said, it's not that I can't help you. She says, if I take you on as a student, she says, I will change everything that you have. Ah. She says, because what I hear, you know, I hear the tone, I hear all of these different things and so on like that. And she says, I train opera singers. So she said, I don't want to do that to you. She says, when I hear your voice, she says, uh, comparing you to an opera singer, she says, I hear the, uh, the great Caruso. Mm. who I had no idea who that was mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, said, so for me to help you, uh, I would change anything you, she, I, she says, I really don't want to do that to you. I see. So she says, um, the other thing is she says, you're trying to sing tunes out of your, out of your chest tone into head tone. She says, have you ever heard of falsetto? And I said, no. She says, well, when you bring, you brought me this Motown stuff, she says, a lot of these singers are in falsetto. <clears throat> Sing, you know, yeah. the way I, you know, the only way I knew how, I didn't know there was, you know, didn't know what falsetto was. And she kind of says, okay, I'll give you a couple of, she says, the only thing I can do for you, I'll give you some uh, And she said, and just a little advice, you know, if you want to sing high, you have to build a strong base. Yeah. yeah. And she says, and that's a, all I can do to help you. Wow. So I thought, okay. Mm -hmm. So I went home and I'm, you know, playing all of this in my head and I'm in the shower. And I remember what she said about the shower, you know, like if you want to sing high, you have to relax. So I'm in the shower and I relax. She says, you got to hear the note. And I would hear the note and I'd try and hit it. And all of a sudden the note was there. Mm -hmm. And I was all excited, right? Like, wow. And I, so I tried it again, <clears throat> didn't, didn't hit it that time. And then I relaxed a little bit more and I tried it again and bam, I hit the note. Then I thought, let's see if I can sing a couple of notes. So I ended up singing a couple of notes and, and uh, getting stronger at that. Yeah. And then I, uh, when I was able to, uh, you know, sing a little bit more and like almost like a whole line and stuff like this, I got, I was so excited. I phoned her up to tell her all the things that, uh, that you know, her and I had talked about, and, and it works. And uh, I was told that uh, she had passed. Oh my! And wow. this was like within a, with within approximately a month of, of meeting this lady. Oh my! She had goodness. passed away because she was she's quite she, she was quite sick. Mm. <clears throat> so I remembered everything she told me, mm -hmm. and I practiced it, 
and uh, I was able to increase my range by a full octave. Yeah. And uh, so on like this. And then as a rock singer, you know, finding easy ways to do things and a little bit of what she told me and trying to remember and remember that. Mm -hmm. uh, I did quite well and I it didn't hurt anymore. Yeah. You know, trying to do these things because learning to relax to do it uh, makes a huge difference than Absolutely. straining to do it. And I was straining to do it all the time before. Well, let, let me ask this question. So, yeah. So that's kind of how I started. Yeah. You, you have such a unique speaking voice. Uh, have you used your speaking voice in, in projects or, you know, voiceover or narration or anything like that? Because your speaking voice and your singing voice, when I hear your music, they're two different. You know, I, some of the notes that you're hitting and whatnot, I'm like, wow, Thomas. <laughs> but the first question It, it is first, different. Though, it's is, like two different people, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. But well, have I haven't. Uh, yeah, I haven't really. <clears throat> well, I haven't really done any uh, voiceover work mm -hmm. uh, or narration. Uh, you know, unless it's in one of my tunes where I'll say something in my tune and, and then go on into into singing and stuff like that. Uh, you know, doing narration is something that I've always thought about. Yeah. You know, especially when people comment about the speaking voice. Exactly. Thought, hmm, like audio Maybe it's not that bad, you know. No, I could, <laughs> I, I could hear you narrating yeah. projects or doing audio books or you know reading Shakespeare or or something like that. I, you know, I hear that. Shakespeare, whoa. <laughs> well, that's yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I you know I never really back in the day I never thought about it, mm -hmm. but uh, the last little while I had thought about uh, perhaps doing some uh, narration and stuff like this because. You listen to uh, what's his name, uh, James Earl Jones. Correct. Uh, Correct. In Correct. Uh, Star Wars, where he, where he was the voice, he was he was the voice of Darth Vader, right? Yes. And yeah. uh, you know, a lot of times people uh, people get famous that way. You don't know who it is, and then all of a sudden they come on, and you hear them speak, and you go, "Whoa, that's the guy from." <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> so right. James Earl Jones, and I don't know if anybody really knew about James Earl Jones. He stuttered. Yes, that's correct. That is correct. Yeah, he stuttered, and a lot of people had no idea. You know, there was, uh, uh, I think it was Mel Torme, uh, who's uh, an excellent singer. Yeah. He stuttered. Wow, I didn't know about You know, Mel like Torme. when he would talk, he like he stuttered really, really badly. But mm. then when he sang, you'd never know. Yeah. Amazing. So I don't stutter. At least I don't think I do. You don't Unless stutter. I get nervous, you know. I think when I was okay, when I when I was a young guy, uh, maybe meeting uh, a beautiful woman for the first time, oh, well, yeah, and you know, wanting stuttered. to talk to her, maybe I might have stuttered or yeah. tripped over my tongue while I'm trying to talk to her, and she yeah. kind of look at me and say, "This guy's strange," and just walk away from me. <laughs> well, everybody stutters at that point. That's you know. <laughs> but let me let me ask yeah, you this question. I think so. so. Uh, with respect yes. to your songwriting, because you write some great songs, when did you begin writing songs? You were playing in the cover bands, you were playing rock, playing country and whatnot, but when did you put pen to paper right. and uh, begin your own process? Uh, probably about, um, would have been possibly about two years after I started singing in a rock band. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, a lot of the music that we were doing, we were a rock dance band. Like the, the rock that we were doing uh, was party rock. It was party, dance, uh, sing along, scream, you know, stomp your feet, <clears throat> that kind of thing. And I was writing, uh, writing that kind of music because I said, you know, this is good because when people come out to hear a group, they want to be entertained. They want to have a good time. Certainly. So my uh, a lot of my early early music and, and even some of my later music uh, kind of uh, went to that uh, that event, I guess is what I'd say uh, as far as writing music. You know, you write a song. It's you either you tell a story, yes. <clears throat> which is really important as far as music goes. But it's kind of great if you can tell a story and make somebody rub their head and stamp their feet and smile and go, yeah. It's even better if they along they get involved in the song Absolutely. so i i truly believe when you're writing music uh it's nice to get your audience involved yes yeah absolutely you know? when you have a yeah you so have if you go out for huge... a good night i'm sorry i didn't let you finish i apologize yeah it's, no go ahead it's the yeah, delay. I, I finished yeah no 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 go ahead yeah, it's the, it's the delay for those of you <laughs> who are listening to this there's a slight delay between us uh but, uh, you know, you have such an incredible stage presence, too. I mean, I've saw some of your videos with the band and you know how to really engage the audience. I guess that came from your rock days, you know, because it's all about engagement at a rock concert. But you take that same energy yeah. and you put it on a jazz platform. Tell me about the transference. Well, the transference of jazz, uh, again, as I said, I kind of listening to the uh, greatest jazz singers and greatest uh, jazz musicians out there. So that was always part of uh, what was in my heart to do was to be able to sing jazz and, and so on like this. And then, of course, you know, uh, a rock singer. And I, I have to tell you the story. Uh, uh, the first time it happened to me, you know, being on stage in front of a bunch of people. Uh, we were playing a very large venue, <clears throat> and the keyboard player, his dad was a pretty important guy uh, in in the government. So he got us this gig. This was like one of our first really, really you know big gigs mm -hmm. place. And uh, the guitar player and bass player used to stand right beside me on stage, so I didn't feel so bad, you know, like I was comfortable up there and stuff like this. So we're doing this gig, and, and what happened to me, the, there were two girls sitting out front, and they were smiling at me. And, you know, I'm a young guy. I thought, wow, you know, these girls are really checking us out. And really, and the guitar player and the bass player stepped back. Wow. And, and kind of left kinda me out left there by out. myself. And now I'm like, I'm kind of looking to my left and my right, trying to you know, get them to move, move back up. You know, come on, stand up here beside me. And they would say, no, man. No, you're the singer. No, that's all. It's all on you. <laughs> so uh, I learned from that moment. I learned from that moment because you're not always going to have somebody standing beside you uh, to make you comfortable. And uh, as the lead singer, you you got to stand out there, and you're kind of on your own in one way. You got the support of the band behind you. Sure. But what you do when you're out in front of that band is really important. That's right. So you might as well get comfortable with it. That's right. You know. I mean, a few times after that, yeah, I was nervous and stuff like that, but it, it kind of went away. Mm -hmm. And after a while, it just felt like home. Absolutely. You know, you walk on stage, I'm home, I'm comfortable, you know. 
So with all yeah, of the genres good. of music uh -huh. that you have been involved in, do you have a favorite or are you just a music lover and it's all one big stew to you? Well, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of love it all. Uh, Duke, you know, I, uh, I love jazz. You know, I just love the way it makes me feel and, and again, uh, the memories of all the great jazz like this. Uh, I love my Christian uh, gospel music as well. And uh, I've just been in by so many great vocalists that I've seen come out of the church. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's a totally different venue, uh, different way that they sing and they uh, uh, perform and so on like this. Certainly. Uh, when it comes to, like, my Motown stuff, like, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, like Motown, you know, like I remember all that stuff and, uh, you know, the beautiful falsetto harmonies and all the four part and all of this stuff like this, uh, where they made it look easy, you know, until such time as I figured out, had an idea of what the heck they were doing. I, <laughs> it was kind of lost to me, uh, you know, uh, singers like, uh, and she wasn't really Motown, was like Aretha Franklin. Mm. Yeah, you know, there's only one Aretha. You know, uh, Patty Labelle. I just love Patty Labelle as well. You know, yeah. um, I love Gladys Knight. You know, Gladys Knight was from you know the Motown era. Sure. Um, Mavis Staples. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, first time I heard Mavis, uh, they did the tune uh, uh, "Respect, Respect yourself. yourself." Yeah. <laughs> Respect yourself. You know, right, and that's right. when they had they had the. Her dad was off stage with her, her sisters, and, and they did this respect yourself. And I said, wow, yeah. because it kind of went right down to the bone yeah. of the way the music was. It was like guitar and the and their vocals. Certainly. You know, broke it down. They didn't have no screaming guitars and, <laughs> and, uh, and all drums and all that stuff. So they didn't have any of that stuff. So a lot of times it's nice to go back to just the basics of music. That's correct. You know, and then that way... You kind of get into your little pocket and you know even if it's just a guitar player or, or somebody sitting uh on the piano just playing some chords and stuff it's it's kind of nice for a singer to shed all that noise in the background and then just kind of try and hear himself and yeah. and be at one with uh, with that other instrument you know so uh when it comes to the stock music i mean i i still write rock mm -hmm. you know uh it's it's dance rock party rock it's yeah. like all right, you know, clap your hands, stomp mm -hmm. your feet, let me hear you scream, and and so on like that. I still write that kind of music yeah. because it's. I really feel it's still needed. Yes, people want to go out and have a good time. Exactly, be entertained. They want to sing. You know, like if you, if you, uh, if you go out for an evening uh, as a group of people, and you're enjoying the band and you're singing along. You know, I remember those songs, and you're singing along, and you got up and you got to stamp your feet. And, and do your thing and you know we're, we're not always the best dancers but hey when you're out there on the floor you, you know involved in in what's going on like right. you're the greatest dancer that hit the floor <laughs> and by the time you know by the time the gig is over like yeah i had a good time yeah That's exactly right exactly so yeah now, back in those days it was it was all about taking all that energy that uh, people brought to the dance and uh helping them expel it. Absolutely. And by the time the gig was over, everybody was perfect happy to go and either drive quietly home or if they if they were camping out, you know, go to their campfire and 
and just, you know, put their feet up and relax a little bit, and, you know, contemplate about, you know, contemplate life and think about all the fun they had at the gig. And that's, you know, Absolutely. that's to me, that's kind of what it's, 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 it's about, you know, it's entertainment, it's, uh, it's enjoyment, you know, it's getting people involved, mm -hmm. get involved. That's right. You know, as musicians, some of them get up there and they, they play to themselves and that's bad you know i mean you want an audience so why not react with your audience absolutely you know you're not up there you know stand there with your you stand with your back to the crowd and play your instrument because you're so great yeah you know people might stand back and they're wow this is the greatest musician i've ever seen in my life it'd be so nice if they would turn around and we could see what they look like you know <laughs> Well, you could tell that to Miles Davis. I mean, he had his own perception about, uh, you know. Well, Miles, Miles was Miles, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Absolutely. Miles was Miles. I mean, uh, yeah. there will always be musicians like that. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times it's because they're afraid of the audience. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, let me, let some me of ask these you musicians, a question. they're afraid to speak. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting yeah, because when you hearken back to the uh, music that influenced you most and you uh, mentioned Motown, it's interesting that all of the artists that you uh, spoke about were female artists. You know, you didn't say Smokey yeah. Robinson, you didn't, you know, uh, and Luther Vandross, I can recall the great Luther oh, man. saying that he was most Luther, influenced yeah. by the female voice. And so is that your story? Yes, as well? he was. Is that your I story? I was too, because um yeah, that's part of my story as well. Yeah. I also grew up listening to uh, Dion Warwick. There you go. You know, and that was a different style of music as well. But yeah. yes, Luther Vandross uh uh yeah, he, he was influenced by the female voice. So was I, because it's a different voice. Sure. And sure. I marveled at the way that female singers sang. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably also part of, you know, the style, you know, the developed style of who Thomas Alexander is as a singer, mm. you know, just like, you know, as, as Luther had said, that's part of his style. Like that's who Luther Vandross is. And if anybody really has never heard of Luther Vandross, I would recommend they uh, get some of his stuff and listen to brother. Do you it know, today. there's, there will never be another voice. Yeah. Never be another voice like Luther Vandross. Absolutely. You know, uh, there's been so many vocals that have come out, come and gone. But the nice thing about them all is they were unique. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know, they didn't try to sound like somebody else. They were very unique. You know, there's, there's not another voice like Luther Vandross. No. Uh, there will never be another uh, Patti LaBelle. Correct. Or uh, Aretha Franklin. Or Shaka you know, Khan. Another, there will never be another Mavis Staple. Or Sha oh, Shaka Khan. I got to see her live. Yeah, man. As she came to town and as she was with Roots. Uh huh. And she opened for Stevie Wonder. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. And wow, what a concert. It I was just, imagine. wow. It was like the best concert I'd ever seen. <laughs> we had a brand new um, uh, Coliseum uh, mm -hmm. that they had opened up, they just built it. And they were the first concert in there, and I was, I was so excited to go and see her. I just got wow, and listen to the thing. That's amazing. Yeah, Shaka Khan. Is yeah, there's so cool. many. There's a lot of great singers. Yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting? There's a lot. Yeah. Just before yeah. before we go into the next uh, question is in in taking the you know that 
female voice and really being more influenced by it. You know, I think Marvin Gaye was mostly influenced by <laughs> the female singers. And me, I'm not a singer, but as a producer, I, I tend to uh, ask more ladies to sing lead on songs that I write and projects that I do than guys. Not that I'm, you know, uh, being too specific or what have you, but I think it was my mom singing around the house and she sang in church and just hearing her voice. I think that that caresses something that the male voice doesn't, you know, and, and putting a song together right. and gliding over the melody in the meter of it is not so static. And I think the female voice can nurture more of what the song needs. And that's just my two cents. I'm not a singer. I'm a producer, but you know, it was my mom's voice gliding through the the air. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, that's that's the word. The word is nurturing. Yeah. yeah. The female voice is more nurturing. It is. You know, if you're as a baby, you know, you're listening to your mom, and a lot of times she's humming to you. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, or she's singing you lullabies and and so on like this. Right. But a male voice is heavier yeah but as a as a uh, male voices can also be uh, nurturing that's true you know we can also nurture that's true you know but, but it's it's not not the same not the same as a as a female voice not at all not at yeah. all but yeah i just thought i just that, thought that was curious we got this pixelation <laughs> Yeah, the pixelation is back, but uh, you know it's uh, it's in and out. I think oh, it's, uh, oh, it's minus it's gone. six. The minus six degrees in Alberta is doing it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's all the warm tones, you know, crossing here on the on on the screen here, and then they get uh, that cold air hits them. They kind of pixelate a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to ask this question, though, because you have a very unique story. And, uh, you know, as I said before, at the beginning of our conversation, you know, there was a time where you had set music down. It was a very dark time uh, for you. And uh, you had this incredible transformation. And I think that there's someone who's out there listening to this podcast or watching this video. And I think that your story uh, would be a proper motivation and encouragement uh, for them. Would you mind uh, sharing that part of your life? Oh, of course. Um, I went through a really bad time. I had uh, I had gone and I had auditioned for all kinds of different things and <clears throat> never got the part. Um, I had auditioned also for uh, musicals because I was getting into musicals and singing a lot of that stuff. Uh, I got the part in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar put on as Judas. And I was in really good shape because uh, I had just got back from, yeah, just got back from uh, from Japan where I sang a lot and I, I worked with a lot of American musicians there and I just had a ball. And I came back, I was in really good vocal shape. <clears throat> and I arrived back and there was a message for me. Uh, the next day I had a, an audition to uh, for Jesus Christ Superstar, and I had I had seen the movie maybe eight years before that, and I didn't really remember much about it. It's just that the tunes were great and the singers were great, and they wanted me to sing uh, Heaven on Their Minds, 
which is the first song, and it's the hardest vocal for any singer to sing. And my audition was at 12 o'clock. So 17 hours of flight time, got in, uh, probably about 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the music director said, come on by, I'll give you the tape, and then you got the lyrics. Grab the tape and the lyrics in his house. It was about, gosh, by that time, about 7 o'clock. So I said, I'll go to sleep, and I'll get up and have my shower, and then I'll work on listening to this tune. As it was, I got a chance to hear it twice before I, <laughs> before I had to go for my audition. And uh, I walked in, and I basically said, I don't really know the song. I heard it about eight years ago when I saw the musical. I you know, ran through it maybe once before I got here, and that's all I could do. They said, well, whatever you can do is fine. So I was in good shape and uh, powered through it, and they just said, you're arduous. And while I uh, was doing uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, another musical came up, and it was a Motown reveal. Mm. So for me, it was uh, exciting because, oh, I get to do Motown. And I uh, went down to the other city. It's about three, uh, three hours away, and I got the part in this Motown review. I said, great, because it gets to do Motown and so on like that. So uh, I had to leave Jesus Christ Superstar before it ended because I the see. Motown thing started and there was a lot of work, like three and a half months of work. And then they took it to Toronto where uh, I worked with the, I worked with Kara in Calgary is where we first did the musical. Mm -hmm. And in Toronto, I worked with Fuse LaRue from the Fifth Dimension. And this brother named, um, oh, he was from five guys named Mo. Hmm. Big, great big brother, about six, you know, I don't know, 300 pounds. And he had a great voice when he sang. And he said, yeah, I was in this music, musical, Five Guys Named Mo. And while I was in Toronto, there were a lot of additions going on. You know, you got a, you got a job in a musical, but also looking at the next time, you know, whatever, whatever comes up. So I auditioned uh, that time. I had auditioned for um, Phantom of the Opera. And I also had auditioned for The Lion King. I see. So I got the word back for The Lion King. And like I'm five to five, seven and a half <laughs> back in the day. That's how tall I was. And they told me I wasn't tall enough <laughs> for the part. I said, what the heck does that have to do with it, right? You know, right. I says, I look tall when I'm on stage, right? But he said, no, we love, we love your voice and stuff. But what they're looking for, they wanted a guy that's about 5'9 mm -hmm. uh, with a dancer's body. And I said, well, that kind of eliminated totally because I didn't have a dancer's body. <laughs> so I had auditioned uh, also, as I said, for um, Phantom of the Opera. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, was, uh, it was between myself and a fellow that uh, constantly does all the musicals out of Toronto. And he got the job and I didn't. I see. And, you know, a few things happened. And then after a while, it just got to the point where I was getting down and depressed. I couldn't I wasn't playing anywhere. There was no music about. So I, I was out of the music. I quit. Mm. Basically quit, quit, you know, singing. And I wouldn't even turn on the radio. I wouldn't uh, pick up a pen to write. I just walked away from it. 
And I was actually away from it for approximately five, maybe six years, where I wouldn't even turn the radio on. Wow. And I went way up north to work in the oil patch, driving these big trucks. And I, uh, back in the day uh, when I quit the business, I had said to the Lord to take my, take my talent, Lord. Mm. I said, because I can't use it. And I, I begged him to take it. But nothing had changed. This is my soul and stuff like that, you know. And but I just wasn't listening to music. I wasn't going. And I'm I'm sitting up north uh, <laughs> in a big truck in the middle of winter, and we're talking like about 40, 50 below. And uh, everything freezes. You know, nothing. You know, nothing uh, is. You even you walk and you're you're so bundled up and it's so cold. And I'm sitting in the truck. And I've got the radio off from the rig, and I could hear them in the background. And I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, the diesel engine is humming. And all of a sudden, I got this rhythm going on in my head from this diesel engine. And lyrics started coming. Mm. And I said, Lord, what are you doing? And I had a conversation <laughs> with the Lord at that time. And uh, he said, yeah, just be patient. And before I knew it, I had a, like, within a matter of moments. And I wrote down my lyrics and stuff like that. And I said, okay, well, maybe maybe just this one. And I, you know, finished writing that down. And I'm sitting there and diesel's still pumping away. And all of a sudden, the Lord, it's like he gave me a little nudge and said, Huh. And I had another song. Wow. And while I was up there, I had ended up writing uh, about 10, 10 tunes mm. sitting in my truck. And I was saying, I was having an argument with the Lord at the time. And I had <laughs> said, I asked you <laughs> to take this and, uh, and you didn't do that. Who wins? Who wins? Those and, and it comes down to the fact that well, I know he, he wins, you know, because, I mean, no matter how I tried to walk away from it, it was always around me. And then when he had me quietly, just me and him up the middle of nowhere, I couldn't just go out of the truck and go somewhere. Yeah. He just yeah. said, no. That's not it. We're going to write a tune. And wow. before long, it, there it was. And I came back uh, after uh, you know, my wife, uh, my first wife had passed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I never went back up north anymore after that. I see. So, you know, I still continue to write to this day. Not as, you know, not regularly. Mm -hmm. You know, most people get there and write a tune a day or two two songs. A day. But sure. uh, when I was in the truck, it was just like three tunes, bam, bam, bam. Wow. So, you know, the mood has to hit you and, and you have to be inspired. It looks very inspiring and... <laughs> very insistent yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i yeah. didn't have any i had no i had no say so i'm here i'm back <laughs> yeah. well, excuse me i'm sorry that it took such a um a, a dark time in your life to bring you to that point but you know um in our next conversation we have at some point we'll talk about purpose because obviously that conversation you had with the lord was about your purpose and why he put you here. And I'm grateful for all of the music that you've uh, shared, you know, uh, in our 
our mastermind meetings and whatnot, because they're so different and so unique. And I can't wait until they hit the street. And I guess as you begin this conversation and saying that these are some of the projects you're going to put out in 2023, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, as I said, um, there are different styles. Yeah. You know, there's blues, uh, you know, there's jazz, you know, there's, uh, funk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a combination of different things. And to me, it was just amazing how, he manipulated me and, <laughs> and kind of got you back there. on point. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the way. That's kind of the way. It, that, yeah, he he got got the point, and I just I do anymore. Yeah, man. I had nothing to argue for anymore. You know, uh, I had to I had to go with it. Okay, absolutely. Whatever you say, I'll follow. Hey. And yeah, that's the only. Just amazing. Be- just amazing what uh, what the Lord will do. That's right. Oh man, I was well, brother, just blown so- away after the first tune. I. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Thomas, go ahead, man. I am so absolutely grateful that you joined us, man. And uh, this won't be our last conversation. Obviously, I I talk to you most every week when um, the entree musician gathers for our mastermind group. But you are a great, great brother. And uh, I really appreciate your story. I appreciate your spirit. And I appreciate the songs that you have written. And I know that they're going to bless many, many people. So thank you for coming on to the show, bro. Thank you, Jerry. You know, and again, you know, I really appreciate you. And I appreciate the group that uh, is involved. And, you know, know, from everybody, you know, when we just kind of brainstorm and put us together and, you know, we laugh and, talk yeah. about crazy things and and so on like this uh to me it's 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 such a joy absolutely you know to be able to find a niche absolutely you know, that i think also that was probably one of the things is didn't have a niche mm-hmm. and that's why when i finally just walked away from it all uh there you know as i said it was just not a good time you know, I felt isolated. I didn't have a support group. And that was the other thing, you know, yeah. had no support group. But the Lord said, oh, just hang in there. We're, we're moving in this direction. And sure enough, here we are. Many years later, that's when I finally met you. And here you we know, go. Find, to find out about you. And you were telling me about what you were about, the entree musician. And I said, well, okay, what's an entree musician? <laughs> and then uh, our, the first the first talk that we, actually before we even spoke, was I'm the entree musician and so are you. Yeah. Is what you said. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't met you yet. Wow. I said, what does he mean? Mm. That you're the entree musician and so are you. I didn't quite, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't hit me until I got a chance to, to finally um, finally meet you and, and talk to all the people that uh, are involved in, in it. And I just said, wow, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, everybody has something that they can bring to the party. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got something. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Well, I really appreciate you, man. We'll we'll end it right here for now. And uh, I'm sure you'll come back and you have some more stories to tell. But this is Thomas Alexander. And uh, from he's from up in Canada. 
uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, to be exact. And uh, so grateful uh, to know him. And uh, you too can find out how you can become a part of the Entree Musician Mastermind Group, where we get together regularly, we encourage each other, we challenge each other, we present our music to each other, and we have grown a great community. You can just check the link down in the description box for the show notes, and you can find out how you can get involved as well. That was Thomas Alexander. Great man, great songwriter, great singer. Look for his stuff coming out in 2023. My name is Jerry B. I want you to like, subscribe, and share this video. I am the entree musician, but like Thomas said, that's what that's not important. What's important is so are you. And we will see you again next time. God bless.